You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. This episode is brought to you by Skinny Pop Popcorn. Perfectly popped, endlessly delicious. Oh, so light and crunchy. Skinny Pop Original Popcorn is the snack you've been searching for. Made with just three simple ingredients, popcorn kernels, sunflower oil, and salt. Snacking never felt or tasted so good. Perfectly popped, endlessly delicious. Give yourself permission to snack and pick up Skinny Pop Original Popcorn today. Business. It's all the things that keep this world turning. And behind every one of these companies is a partner helping to keep it all moving. It's why the local flower shop and your favorite pizza joint, the startup and the stadium, hospitals and hotels, banks and restaurants nationwide all choose the advanced network, cybersecurity solutions, and round the clock trusted partnership from Comcast Business, the company that powers more businesses than anyone else. Comcast Business, powering possibilities. Restrictions apply. Call or visit ComcastBusiness.com to learn more. Welcome to E-Ticket to Broadway, where Broadway meets Main Street. <laughs> Here's your host, my pal, David Alpert. <laughs> Welcome to this episode of E-Ticket to Broadway, the only podcast to ask your favorite Broadway stars architectural questions about the Disney Parks castles. Be sure you're following the podcast on Instagram at eTicket to Broadway for photos of our guests at the parks, fun games and trivia, and a chance to preview some of the incredible merchandise in our official shop. Speaking of merchandise, head to www.eticketpodcast.com to shop the magic today. If you're looking for a unique addition to your Disney Parks attire, or something fun to wear to rehearsal, or truly what you want to wear any day of the year, the shop has so many quirky and fun designs that are available to purchase on shirts, hats, mugs, notebooks, and more. On this episode, I'm joined by a true Disneyland enthusiast, and she just so happens to be a Broadway star. Her Broadway credits include Glinda in Wicked, as well as on the national tour, Hairspray, Crybaby, Hello Dolly, and Kimberly Akimbo. Just as they say on Peter Pan's flight, here we go, it's Ali Mazi. Ali, it's wonderful to have you on here on eTicket. I have to let the listeners know right away that I have never received such an immediate, enthusiastic yes when sending an email asking someone to join me on the podcast that I did with you. I think it was like three minutes after I sent the email, I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you for joining me. Are you ready to talk about Disneyland? I have to tell you, yes. And I have done, this is a very busy week for me because my cast album is coming out for Kimberly Akimbo. Right. So we've had a lot of press stuff. And this is the one I'm, this is not a Kimberly Akimbo related thing. I'm most excited to do this podcast today and talk about Disneyland. <laughs> 
We are. And I, I guess love how much you love Disneyland. I mean, I know for everyone on the podcast, we talk about how much we love the parks, but you are like me. We're like, Disneyland is is everything, it's I think. Like, it, was, it felt like, like an extension of my backyard because of where I grew Yeah. Yeah. Well, and so let's talk about that. I mean, you, you have such a fascinating connection to Disneyland and you shared with me that you practically grew up there. Can you tell me more about your family's connection to the park? Because I think this is so cool. Yeah. So my mom... My grandparents bought a home where Disneyland is today. So before Disneyland was even on on anybody's radar yet, they my my grandfather bought actually just land, and he built his um, he had a mechanic uh, business uh, where he fixed cars and all that stuff, and they lived on the same lot. And the way my mom describes the land back then, it was all a massive amount of orange groves, and like. Where she was at, the houses, there were like four homes and they were all very spread apart. It wasn't like track homes like, like we're used to today. So she grew up there on that land. And so, yeah, I mean, basically, she's gotten married. She was very young. She, I think the parks opened when they finally opened Disneyland. She was probably like six or seven. So she just literally, she just tells me flat out. She goes, no, I just watched it being built. And it was such a different time. She goes, I don't know what my mother was thinking. I would just walk out the house in the morning and walk to wherever they were building and just see what they were working on. And she was little, but there was like nobody else uh, around. And um, she's got fun stories of um, like some of the workers that she'd been there long enough, like, like, she, like that somebody would hand her half a sandwich or something like that. Or like they used to tell her, she goes in her little innocent mind, they used to tell her that the castle's being built for her, which she thought was like, she was, to this day as an adult, she'll be, you know, that's my castle, you know, kind of a thing. That's sweet. But, you know, she's even got memories. And it's interesting. And, and, um, and I, you know, because I love, we love Disney so much, but she, she definitely remembers with the city of Anaheim, I think it was like a big thing, Walt coming in and doing that. And these people owned homes that were right, were theirs, right? So she does remember there being, uh, a lawsuit, right? And she, she, all she remembers is like the attorney sitting at the tables with her parents, right? But for her, she was meeting Walt Disney because he used to bring his car to my grandfather's mechanic shop from time to time when he'd come like check out the work and all the things. Now I have a theory is like, oh, he's just coming to meet the locals. Did he really need his car worked on? I don't know. He's probably, you know, he's doing his, he's a businessman, but they that didn't stop my grandparents and my mom from bragging the fact that Walt Disney brings his car to their mechanic shop and my my and he was my mom says he was so friendly to her and he would she would get in the back and just crawl around in the back and they'd get to bag with it, brag to their friends that I got was in Walt Disney's car today, you know. That is so cool. You were the first person on this podcast to ever have family members that met Walt Disney. Yeah, yeah. She's got like she's almost defensive about how Walt Disney is perceived. Because sure. her memory is so pleasant. And like even when the movie came out with Tom Hanks in it and like any sort of dark side to like Walt or like you might hear about like my mom's like, well, no, like she's just got this very childlike view of, of the park and him. And, um, you know, so what's crazy is eventually, you know, they sold my, my uh, they sold and we know what that looks like today. My, my mom tells me um, her house was on Harbor and I think maybe that's when I was growing up, I was told that was where the original um, parking lot was before they built yeah. the deck and all that stuff. So the original parking lot where is where um, uh, California Adventure is today, right? That's pretty equivalent. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So her home would have been um, somewhere in there. And, you know, it's crazy. They didn't knock it down. 
they actually um, there's a picture somewhere of it of them. They they just moved the house somewhere. They didn't. My family didn't move with the house, but they literally moved the house somewhere else for somebody else to live and buy somewhere else in Anaheim. Um, so it like it's just my it's kind of amazing to me that like my mom is just like no I just casually watched Disneyland getting built and and she mentioned this in the escrow papers. She said she, because she has them somewhere, that my, my grandfather was allowed to come to Disneyland for free anytime. Well, that's the question. Yeah. Did they get perks for this? But I mean, like. Yes. The answer to that is yes. But my, my mom did say, like, you know, he owned his own business. He was very busy and he had to kind of re-up again when he had to, like, re, you know, start his business and move it. So he didn't really take advantage of it a ton, it doesn't sound like. And I actually never got to meet my grandfather. He passed away before I was born. Um but uh, but yeah, but they, like he, that was that wasn't actually in the escrow papers that they could go whenever they wanted. And no, no, I wish. Yeah, I mean, like that's super cool. Yeah. So as a kid, did you ever like brag to your friends as well and be like, you know, this is where my grandparents used to live? Well, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't like brag. I mean, if as I got older and I would meet fellow Disney fans, they find yeah. this all very fascinating <laughs> that they're like, wait, yeah, what? Um, it's a very random story you know like that my family lived on the land um before disneyland was there and it's just farmland you know um and i think as i got older and more aware i think it was probably lost on me until i was started to get older like remember when you used to i don't know if you can still do it but you used to be able to buy the plaque thing you used to go into the ground like the bricks or whatever and you can get them yeah, yeah. names like, yeah i have one you do my family has I know. one yeah we, i bought one for my family we were gonna do one um in honor of my, my grandparents um i honestly don't remember if we did it or not if my sister ended up doing it or not just like for our own family's sake to be like they once lived here this yeah. was home you know well they definitely deserve like a main street window or like a tree dedicated to them i, mean, I know like that's, right they should that's that's they helped pave the way literally for disneyland yeah yeah and you also shared that your grandparents then owned a motel about a half a mile south of Disneyland, yes. the Hacienda Motel. Yes, so that's my dad's side. So um, basically, um, and, and this has actually been so cool because like I, I, I did there were details that I didn't know about. Um, I knew they owned the hotel, right? But I was like, but when, what, when was that? And all the things. And and so my dad said, you know, you know, he's actually from you know Oklahoma originally, and then they they migrated to the Midwest. And then my great aunt Leela was so wise in her investments. Um, out, and she's just made really smart choices. And she owned a trailer park half a mile from Disneyland. She convinced my her sister and my grandmother to sell everything they owned, everything they owned, and invest in this motel half a mile from Disneyland. So they did. They sold house, boat, all the things. My dad said we sold everything and moved into the hotel. Wow. My dad lived at that hotel for 10 years of his life. And um, this story I, I love because he said, him and his brothers, he's the youngest of three. And, you know, they did, did a lot of the legwork. It was like a family-owned motel. They did a lot of the legwork. And, you know, it was, I'll say, my dad said, it was a great, it was a great move because it was, tour. it's a great area, not just because it is in Lambert by the beach. We've got other theme parks. Like, it was a destination. It really, it thankfully paid off. But anyway, my, my dad said when people would check out of the hotel when they were done with their trip, they'd leave their tickets behind because back then it was those A, B, C, D, E tickets. So it costs like, he, he said, he's like, I don't know, he costs like a buck fifty to get in the park. So they'd go into the rooms to go clean and they'd collect as many ride tickets as they could, pay the buck fifty to get into the park and then ride as many rides as they could. Um, because what are the, what are the that tourists going to do with their tickets if they leave, you know? Yeah, right. 
So they benefited from it. I just asked them, just like, oh, you lived, you lived in the hotel? I mean, they had like their own like separate stuff, but like, I did, that was the part I did not know about my dad until recently. I love that you brought up e-tickets because when I named the podcast e-ticket to Broadway, people were like, electronic ticket? I was like, it's an e-ticket. It is the most exciting. But that makes sense. I mean, it's it's like, what are they going to do with it? And so, yeah. I mean, that's I, I think like that could be fun to to buy a motel near Disneyland, live there and just go to the parks when I want. Well, I mean, he, he talks about it really fondly. He's like, you know, it sure. was it was a lot of hard work, which is eventually why they sold it. You know, they wanted like my, my grandparents just wanted to slow down and retire. But um, because it was a lot of work. It was busy with tourists, you know. I think I sent you a picture of the postcard, but in that postcard, yeah. actually, my, my the blonde sitting at the pool is actually my mom. It was all like my grandparents in that photo, and they're just like posing, and my mom's in there. Because <laughs> my parents met like in junior high in Anaheim. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. I think about like my dad was born in Inglewood, and he went with his brothers and his whole family, you know, like opening summer and, and grew up there as well. But I think at the time, it was like, this is a cool place to go. It didn't, it wasn't Disneyland yet. It was just this really cool destination. I love hearing those stories of when it first opened. And yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. And tell me, uh, an, an additional family connection is the Super Hooper Duper yeah. in 1988. Yeah. <laughs> Will you tell us about that? Yeah. my So it was a promotional thing that Disneyland was doing. And it was like, a, I think it was a throwback to like, like the hula hoop being like a thing in the fifties, which is, you know, when Disneyland right. opened. So they, anybody, the reason, so basically there was a, it was, so they would get in the uh, Guinness Book of World Records for the most people hula hooping at the same time in one place. And I don't know if any, I don't actually know if anybody got to do it or if you had, I don't think you had to buy a ticket to go in, right? Um, but my sister and my mom participated, my sister's dance teacher at the time, and my sister was like eight. My sister's dance, local dance teacher at the time was a choreographer at Disney and also performed in the um one of those shows over in Frontierland I don't think exists anymore like the hoop to do review I have to think of the Golden exact. Horseshoe It was at the Golden Horseshoe for sure and I'm blanking yeah. on the name right now but um Ter Terry Robbins was her name but uh she asked a bunch of her dance students and their parents if they wanted to come participate so you know so it did end up in the Guinness Book World Records. There's a fantastic photo of it. We can't really pick out my family, my mom, and my sister, because they're back by the castle and they're definitely zoomed in like up front, like Snow White is right there. And I think Sleepy is. No, it's, it's dope. Oh, it's dope. It's definitely dope. It's totally dope. Yeah, because who I love. <laughs> but I always thought that I was like, I, I just think it's so cool. I mean, like, that's the thing. Like, it just was in your backyard and, and like. Yeah, because I grew I up. So I, cool. I, so then, yeah, my parents grew up there, but I grew up in Anaheim Hills and. And so, I mean, I started, my, my dad's a, uh, was a principal for many years and every year his school would take their eighth grade graduation trip to Disneyland and he'd always pull me and my siblings out of school and give yeah, us the extra tickets. Good. And I'd at least minimum go to Disneyland like once a year when I was super little. Um, and then, you know, eventually we all just got annual passes and spent multiple times a week there. But um, right. yeah, I know they end up like their names aren't in the Guinness Book of World Records, and I'm sure that record has been beat by now. But um, <laughs> but it, but but that moment was recorded in the Guinness Book of World Records. <laughs> well, I think we should we should go back to Disneyland, get more people, and set the new record. <laughs> we should just do that. <laughs> I mean, there was a few thousand people. They said we they had to get there at like five in the morning, and there was so much waiting around, and it was dark, and they had to just like sit around until it was like time, and they practiced a little bit. <laughs>
Okay, so growing up in Anaheim, was it pretty common amongst your friends to be Disneyland obsessed? Or was there a time when you're, you know, everyone moved on and you were like, I still really love this? Was that just kind of the thing to do? Yeah. But you know what? I don't even know if I would use the word obsessed, right? Because it felt so normal. It's just, right. it just felt so normal. It literally felt like if you, as we got old enough where we could hang out by ourselves, if you could get a ride to Disneyland and you had an annual pass, you just went to Disneyland as if you were going to go to see a movie or go to the park with your friends or go to the mall. And um, so I think from junior, junior high through high school, I mean, I would just pop it like literally in high school every Friday. That was the hang after school. It's like, are you going to Disney? The choir friends. And our meeting spot was the wishing well. Yeah, our meeting spot was the wishing well. Meet you at the wishing well. We knew the time and see you, see you there kind of a thing. And, you know, I look back now and that was pre-cell phones. And so you'd go and you'd hope that people would show up, right? That's right. Because you wouldn't get a last minute. I'm not coming. And some people would not come and some people would. Or um, So it was so normal. And even my husband, because my husband didn't, he thinks it's so cool that I, I even like grew up as that, that being normal, uh, because for him, him being from North Carolina, it was a massive destination and you saved up for it and your family did a thing. And for me, it was like, I'm just going to go on a Friday or, you know, when they used to have swing dancing at Carnation Plaza, I, I used to go every Saturday with my friend Gabe and we would just literally go to the park just to go swing dancing and then go home. But that was the thing. I mean, like that was uh, my my family has a lot of roots in LA, and and we would go. and And I remember my friends being like, "Why don't you go to Disney World?" I was like, "Oh, I don't know. We just go to California." It was so normal. And then, but the question I have is like, at what point did you realize like, oh, some of my friends have moved on from this, but I still love it? Did you have that moment? I don't know if my friends moved on. Fair, <laughs> <laughs> good. Maybe that's why they're my friends. Um, yeah, exactly. Because I actually still have friends that work at Disneyland, and they started in high yeah. school. And, um, I know people who met their spouse working at Disneyland's to this day and they're still married. Um, a lot of my friends from high school, not everybody, my close friends, they still live in Orange County. And, and I feel like if you live in and around Anaheim, it feels like you're connected, you know, in like some, especially if you're not in the performing arts, I think. So I don't know if, I mean, for me, maybe people did move on and I didn't realize it. I'm, I, I made a career choice and I moved to New York. Right. So I don't get to go as often as I used to. But, you know, I still have friends who um, kept their annual passes for as long as they could, you know. And I and honestly, when I when I left my first Wicked contract and moved back to California, I, it was like the first thing I did. Me and my friend Nicole Parker, I don't know if you know Nicole, but she was one of my alpha buzz. We left the show at the same time and we're both grew up near each other, didn't know each other until we did Wicked. But we both were like, we're getting annual passes and this is like our thing now. And we just would be like, hey, like, want to go to Disneyland, you know? And we, like, sometimes you just pop in for, like, a meal, you know? Or, like, you know, honestly, one of my favorite, can I already go to, like, one of my favorite memories growing up? Of Disney? Like, So my sister was in the original company of Phantasmic. And <sighs> back Pause. Then, yes. Pause. We have to talk about that. Okay. I mean, like. Okay. That's amazing. Yeah, I know. Do you remember what, what track she had? Yeah, she was a she, she played a few different characters. She well, she yeah, was yeah. a Snow White understudy. So anytime she went on as Snow White, as like she, when she got to go on, we were definitely there that night, you know? And we'd watch her go on as Snow White. But her main track, she played a pirate and she played a, mm-hmm. a petal, you know, the the pink like yep. flower. So she was a petal and she played a um I think she Oh, God, I can't remember if she was dopey or sleepy, but she was one of the dwarfs, and I can't remember which one 
She was. So when they're like waving on the boat and they're doing the things at the end, she was actually just telling me a story like rehearsing for that is like they bring the boat around during like tech rehearsals and you'd have to do your tech rehearsals all through the night because it couldn't be when anybody was there. And she goes, it was crazy. I'd work all night and then have to go to school and she was in college and she had to go to school the next day. But she said it was so cool. I was working at Disneyland in this brand new show. But she goes, she goes, I remember being on that boat and they would just freeze the boat. And we had to do that choreography so many times, you know, to get it right. And like, they're in the tech booth giving notes and, you know, all the things. But um, yeah, she always, and it's funny because she grew up like I did going there often. So she's like, it was funny to finally be behind the scenes working at Disney. And she said, so just where we had to do our costume changes on Tom Sawyer's Island and like caves and stuff like that. Or she's like, if you had, if you wanted to go smoke, you had to go over to like the cemetery area over at Tom Sawyer's Island. And it's like so random. It's funny to see something like that in that light. <laughs> I, that's amazing. Yeah. Anyway, I interrupted you, but. Oh, so here's were, the deal. Like, Fantasmic. first of all, Fantasmic is still one of my yes. favorite shows. I still cry at the end when Mickey wins, like, like I, like I like it. It chokes me up just like singing it right now. It's like, it literally is my happy place. Same. And so back then, you know, you didn't back then. So we would just, so like on a random weekend night or whatever, me and my family, we'd bring a picnic blanket. We'd get sandwiches from outside the park and we'd bring a deck of cards. We'd come into the park two hours before Fantasmic would start. We'd put our picnic blanket front and center to save our spot, which you cannot do today. And we'd save our spot. We'd eat sandwiches. We'd play cards. Like my parents would hang out. My brother and I would catch a ride, come back. Um, if we were feeling like spicy and wanted a treat, we'd get an apple fritter, you know, right across the way right there. <laughs> and um, and then the show would start and we'd watch the show and we'd pack up and we'd leave. And that would be our evening. And I just have such fond memories. The fact that you could you could do that back then. You just pick a spot and it was that's why I talk about like Disney was so like casual to me. Like I'm diehard into Disneyland, but like it was also just like, yeah, this is just what we do. We just go hang for a couple hours, you know? It's funny, as you talk about this, I'm so there with you. Like yeah. I know the the stones you're sitting on. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh wait, I'm I'm in New York right now, I, and I just like it's such a clear like Fantasmic was my childhood as well. Mm-hmm. When they have you seen Fantasmic 2.0? Yeah, well, I'm trying to think when I went back and saw it most recently. Um, that I think was Fantasmic 2.0. It's hard because my memories are sitting front and center, and that last time I had to stand off to the side. I mean, yeah. I guess I could have splurged because I think you you can pay to get. A decent seat, right? Well, no, I mean, like, because, like, what I loved about it, like, when I was a kid, it would be, like, you would you would watch the fireworks right at the entrance of uh, Frontierland or Adventureland, and then as soon as the fireworks were done, you would just go in as the first crowd was leaving, and you would just book it to that spot. Uh-huh. Like, but now there's, like, you have to get a lightning lane or yeah, yeah, there's all whatever these it is. Yeah, yeah, there's all these things that, like, like, it was so simple before. There were so many things that were so simple before. So when I do go back now... It is a little um, depressing, not in like, a, oh, I don't want to be here. Like, look, I still am going to go to Disneyland, but it was so simple before. Like, like because I, I remember, like I said, pre-cell phones, I'd get dropped off in junior high with my friends and brother, and we could get lost in the park and still run into each other and be like, not have a cell phone. I'd be like, hey, where'd you end up? We, there was no, and there was no fear about it. I was just like, eh, I'll find them somewhere. 
that's the thing. Like Disneyland is this the OG. It's the charm. It's like sometimes when they like they just brought in magic bands. I'm like, do we need magic bands at Disneyland? Can right. it just be the quintessential waltz park? I don't know. Yeah. But when they when they changed Fantasmic, like they they removed Peter Pan and brought in Pirates of the Caribbean. I was like, no, 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 no. Oh, I guess you're right. It's a lot of. When did two point start? I'm trying to think if that's. When did what start? When did Fantasmic two point When 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 did that come in? I'm going to guess it was around 2017 or oh, 2018. Oh, then I have not seen 2.0. Um, I haven't been since my kid was – I haven't back to Disneyland since my kid was born because I'm waiting for him to have an actual, like, memory if we're going to, like, go. So, uh, no, I did not know that. And that makes me sad because Peter Pan I know. is my favorite – is legit my favorite ride at Disneyland. <laughs> I mean, I would say, like, I can have a whole episode of my dramaturgical thoughts because it's like Phantasmic 1.0 was perfect. Yeah. And I can point out like now the crowd doesn't cheer as loudly when Mickey appears on top of the the island. What's the what's the actual house called? The house? The the little hut on that's no, not a hut. The like the cabin on Tom Sawyer. Oh, I don't know it had a name. I just called the whole thing Tom Sawyer's Island. I don't know if it does have a name, but anyway, when he appears on top, it's not the first time anymore. I've got a lot of thoughts. Yeah, yeah. But I love that you start talking about Peter Pan. I want to talk other parts of Disneyland okay. and Disney. Did you have any favorite movies as a kid? Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, I definitely feel like that genre that came with Little Mermaid, um, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, that whole thing um, was like my generation. And I actually right. credit like singing along to Jody Benson in the little mermaid is like figuring out like i remember singing along the little mermaid little mermaid and my mom was driving and i remember this look she gave me in the rearview mirror as if she perked up to be like oh my daughter can sing because <laughs> i i was kind of a shy kid so like i wouldn't outwardly yeah. just sing but singing along the jody benson uh the you know ariel and the little mermaid like just and i and i got to work with her later on um i did a, a concert with her of cinderella with, um in nashville and um, we had been rehearsing one day, and then she came in a day late. And I remember when she walked in, I turned around and I was like, "Guys, Ariel's gonna kill Ariel's gonna kill I was like starstruck. <laughs> yeah, of course. And she was lovely. Of course, Benson. You know. Yeah. Besides those movies, like any characters that you're like, this is my favorite character. I love them. Oh gosh, um, favorite. I'm gonna point out for those of you that are listening in the background. I see a Donald. I see Chippendale. I see a Bambi sweat sweater. Yeah, I know. Here, here's the deal. These it's, are all good. It's my here's the also why I like Bambi, even though it's so sad in the in the opening. <laughs> it's so tragic. All these Disney parents die in like the first ten minutes. I know. It's just what it is. Um, I just read something that in Hercules, his mother, Hera, is one of the few Disney mothers that is still alive throughout the entire movie. Also Sleeping Beauty. Um, Hercules wasn't um, big on my rate. I did see Hercules, but I was like, meh, about, compared to some of the other ones. Do you know, I mean, I like Bambi because um, my mom had a fondness for Bambi. She just that mother-kid connection. So whenever I think or see Bambi like reminds me of, you know, uh, my mom. So I have a fondness, fondness. For that. I also honestly just loved, I loved when, you know, we talk about my mom growing up, you know, where Disneyland was built, like all those early movies that came out way before I was born. My mom had, my mom showed those to me, you know, like she had a fondness for them. So I have a fondness for like Snow White and the really much older stuff. Recently, these dolls are my kids, 
my kids because we got hooked on he's sadly not as into the Disney cartoons as I am and there's still time there's still time there's still time and I love him regardless but I would say it is disappointing for me because my dream as a mom is to sit down and watch all the cartoons with him and he's a very science and math brain so we watch a lot of educational stuff I'm like (laughs) okay dude (laughs) but okay smarty pants like yeah but we did get into the old Donald Duck shorts when Chippendale would like just rile him up and he thought that Donald Duck was hilarious um I actually the story behind these actually hope this is a story to tell I don't want to get anybody in trouble but um I we were in Times Square and my kid and I and we were doing we were meeting a YouTube domino person that that he likes on YouTube because she was in town and you know I was like you know what I said you want to go to the Disney store I said mommy I've been on my radar I was like I think we need to maybe get a Donald Duck stuffy he loves stuffies he was amped we went to the store and they were closed and um apparently it was like when weather was shifting outside and the heat had been on, but it got warmer outside and they have to get the temperature just right, like for the legalities of New York city. So they couldn't allow anybody in until they re-regulated. Cause it's not like Disney, it's the whole building. It's not just Disney down there. So I was like, really? I was like, I just wanted a Donald duck. And he was like, you just want a Donald duck. And I said, yeah. And he's like, okay, hang on. And then he leaves and he comes back. He comes back. And then, and like, I, I only say this because this never happens. He goes, are you Ali Mozzie? I said, I am. And he goes, oh, I love, he was talking about shows he had seen me in. He's like, I think I can get you in. You just seen the Donald Duck? I said, oh, my God, that'd be amazing. So I literally got to take my kid into the store. It was very oh. warm. But um, no, <laughs> nobody was in there. Nobody was in there. And, like, as a Disney nerd, I was like, this is so cool. And then, of course, I was like, oh, my God, I feel like Beyonce right now. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, Beyonce gets to do this, like, all the time. (laughs) But for Ali Mazi, it's a hot Times Square Disney store, which we love. I know. I I love the story. I love that. I mean, like, no, I was going to say, like, that is Disney magic. That is just, like, and for your, like, that's just really cool. Well, I got to tell you, like, my kid likes Disney. He's not as infatuated as I am, but, like, but I definitely felt like a cool mom. I was like, I am yeah. so cool right now. And I definitely, the gentleman who let me in, I was like, you are my hero. And like, you know, like, thank you, thank you, thank you. You make me look so cool right now with my kids. <laughs> like, I was going to make a costume change. Can I- oh, yeah. Do you want to make Well, a- it's warm. Yeah. Hang on. It's like the Disney store in Times Square. Now, if I was going to go to the Disney parks, I was on, I had my cozy sweater on because it was cold today. If I was going to go to the parks, oh, we got into Monsters University yeah, I was gonna as say. well. My kid, we love Monsters University. We love uh, Monsters, Inc. and the new um, series that they put out, and I'm hoping they're going to do another one. But if I were to go to the park, like this is what I'd be rocking. I'd be rocking my old Captain EO t-shirt, which is super old and faded, which I love. And I'd be like just mm-hmm. in a ball cap like this. So I was like, this is the real like Disneyland mozzie. Right there. There's the Disney look. Yeah. Okay. So speaking of Disneyland, what makes a perfect park day for you? Like what rides do you have to hit? Foods you have to eat? Yeah. What's the perfect day? Okay. Let's talk about food first. First of all, I have to start with a giant pickle. Like that's just like my <laughs> giant pickle. I got to find a giant pickle, um, which is usually I buy it like on, on the end of Main Street. 
Um, you know, there was a massive amount of time where all we did, I'd get the giant pickle and I loved the clam chowder bread bowls. Like, oh, yes. Yeah, that's yeah all of course. We, that's all we yeah, ate. Totally. Clam chowder bread bowls. Um, if we wanted to change it up, do you remember when they had that Mexican restaurant over by... Um... In Frontierland? Yeah. They still do. They're still in there. Oh, okay. It was like um, super bland, but like I love their enchiladas. <laughs> so Yes. It's really good food. It was yeah. almost like if like we wanted like a fancy meal, like when we were kids, if we wanted a fan, if we didn't <laughs> want to do like the bread bowls, if we wanted a fancy meal, we'd sit down and eat enchiladas, you know, at the Mexican restaurant. That's right. Restaurant. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I feel like I have to be honest, like I sp- have spent way less time in California adventure. And I think supposedly like the food is probably better over there. Like, um, possibly, um, I've had some decent salads over there. Um, but like, those are staples, like the pickle and the, the, the clam chowder bread bowls were like staples. And then we always like a fritter. I actually preferred the regular fritter instead of the apple fritter. Um, so we time out our rides. And where we yeah, were going to be food. there around like the food and when like we wanted to eat and stuff. And, you know, yeah, I'd go grab a burger at a convenience over in Tomorrowland, uh, you know, a messy, a messy burger and just grab it on the go or something like that. Um, gosh, favorite ride. So like staples, like probably because also the lines were never crazy long, like Pirates of the Caribbean. That always seemed like a quick line to go through considering like, my favorite ride is Peter Pan. But that line is always yeah. so long. I know it's long. Why is that line so long? It's, it's the, I mean, look, I think it's a magical ride. I love the little town. I wait for that moment where you fly over all the miniatures. That's why I love it. Have you seen, I don't know, depending on when you were last there, in, they, they kind of renovated it. They, they added some, they've been sprucing up some of the Fantasyland rides. In Big Ben, there's a beautiful hidden Mickey. Oh. Like you can see now, you can see like Peter, Wendy, Michael and John like land on the, on the, I think it's the minute hand. Mm-hmm. But then as you spin around, you can see Mickey in Big Ben. I love that. I was you never, um, I was late to the game with finding the, finding the hidden Mickeys. So there's a lot I don't know, know about. For sure. Okay. <laughs> okay. So you're on Peter Pan's flight. You just had your bread bowl. <laughs> Are you trying to see any characters in the parks? Uh, no, to, like... like if we passed characters, we might grab a picture, but we didn't like seek them out. Um, we love the Haunted Mansion. Like I actually feel like we spent the time a lot of over like Splash Mountain, Haunted Mansion, and um, Pirates of the Caribbean. We'd always like loop yeah, in, yeah. you know. Um, you know, and I always say like I'm actually not a roller coaster person. Um, I can't stand giant roller coasters, but Disney's roller coasters are just my speed. Yeah, so, I hear you. Space Mountain. Um, is like I'm like this is it. I also think because I've been there so many times, like I can I know exactly you know where it's it going, so I don't get like that sickness I get when I go on a new roller coaster and it like I'm I'm feeling like jarred. But like um, Thunder Mountain and um, the Matterhorn, I gotta tell you that Matterhorn <laughs> is still so rickety, right? But also. Yeah. Also, like the weirdest ride to go on when you have to sit with someone you only like kind of know. Well, that's, I mean, like, I remember like they've switched the ride vehicles, but you would have to like straddle the person. You were like, this is I was like, intimate. I was like, yes, that's exactly what it is. I was like, this is intimate. I, um, we're friends, but we're, we're not that close. Like, yeah. I don't need to be sitting between yeah. your legs right now. <laughs> so I'd kind of scoot forward and they'd be respectful and all the things. And it's like jigging you around, but you're just, you know. <laughs> yeah, that, that is gone. 
<laughs> That's like the weird alternative trip to Disneyland. It's like we're gonna go get bread bowls. We're gonna go on the Matterhorn. <laughs> like, <laughs> like this is. Then we're gonna get a big pickle. It's like yeah. what a strange. Now afternoon. tell me this because like you you said you you worked rides at Disney at one point. I in for the fiftieth anniversary summer I left college okay. for like. It was in the summer, and I worked on the Autopia and did guest control, okay. and I loved it. So my question is, like, for some reason, when I look at all the people running the rides, why did it feel like the Matterhorn one felt the most mundane to me? Is that a true thing, or am I just I don't making know. that up? I mean, I will say it is so fragmented, like the east side of the park versus the west side of the park. Like, you don't really interact with others. I will tell you, like, Autopia was the most cast members because it's a it's the only guest controlled vehicle in the yeah. park and like it's a huge ride but i mean like to get on one of those like push button rides was like very fancy uh-huh. oh I think okay is, like, maybe they were just I, being I fancy Matter- about it when i thought they were like bored they were just like and i'm gonna- no they probably like were well because with matterhorn it's like besides loading and unloading what other positions are there yeah i mean now there's like fast pass and greeter but like yeah. With other attractions, like think of Haunted Mansion, like you're loading the elevators, then you're getting people on the doom buggies, then you're getting people. But Matterhorn's like, you're kind of just loading and unloading the whole time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No disrespect. Yeah. Maybe that's why I just thought there wasn't there wasn't a whole lot going on. And I was like, I don't know. I wondered if this was like boring or not. Yeah. I, don't, I didn't know, you know? They were always very lovely and nice. Everybody who works there is very, very friendly to, to every time I was there, <laughs> you know? I know, they, I know they're supposed to be. <laughs> And speaking of trips to Disneyland, will you talk us talk to us briefly about the Pink Pizzazz soccer team? Yeah. I mean, that was just like another thing. Like, <laughs> no matter what soccer team I was on, and I was on Pink Pizzazz for like three years. And that was just like a day out where like we would do like team bonding and go to the park in our uniforms and just like hang on at Disneyland. The coach took us, you know. Um, I remember doing a community theater production of Annie at the Yorba Linda Forum. And the gentleman playing Rooster um, had a whole other side job where he did very well for his, himself. And um, he uh, took the whole cast to Disneyland. And it was the first time I got to go to Club 33. He took us to Club nice. 33. That's what it is, right? That's Club 33. Yep. Right. I've only been yeah. one other time. And that felt like very fancy. And I remember it was the first time I tried. So it was the whole cast. And so there was a, a bunch of us young kids like who the fancy food and all that stuff was probably like lost on us. But I remember trying caviar for the first time oh, wow. at like eight. And I was like, I'm pretty sure I spit it out, <laughs> you know. Um, but he was like, yeah, it's like, try it. like just try it, you know. Um, but I feel like like if you were in a day, or like, for example, like my choir every year would go sing at Carnation Plaza. Like all the local schools got to go sing at Disneyland and then you just spend the day there. So like that pink pizzazz picture, like. That's just like what I was doing that year. And, and the coach was like, we're going to Disneyland, you know? Allie, so no spoilers, but there's a moment in Kimberly Akimbo with a lovely nod to the Disney parks. Yeah. Why do you think people love the parks so much? And why do you think that moment really hits us so hard? I mean, we were talking earlier, right, about... You know, did people, I don't know. I'll just say, like, when I go to Disneyland, it's about the feeling of it, right? Like, there's a feeling that happens to me that, like, when they say it's the happiest place on earth, to me, I literally feel like I walk into, like, the happiest place on earth in many ways. Like, I enter a different world, um, and um, I don't know, like, 
because it's funny, the reaction we get in Kimberly Akimbo when that moment happens, it's an audible reaction for a lot of people. It's like she wants to travel. That's on her bucket list of things to do in her life. And it's actually so interesting to me to hear other people have the same reaction I would have. Like she, you know, like without giving anything away, but like you want that for her. Like that is a happy place. Um, yeah, those parks that were, were created, like Walt Disney, that was his goal, right? Like a place where we can just be free and be happy. And I'd be lying if I didn't say like, I feel that way when I go to Disneyland. And also, you know, I don't know how it is for other people, but like I said, like it's such a history in my family and it feels like there's like a lineage there. So I feel a deep connection to my family within that and a closeness and all the time I spent in the park with such close friends, like, and you know, even if you were not somebody who's going there, you know, day in and day out, like when I went to Disney World for the first time with my, my friend Nicole and like. I did that with like, that was like an epic trip and I did that with Nicole and it was a bonding thing and it was exciting and like, it was a fantastic memory and fulfilling. And so like, when I see Disney things, like, um, I just get that feeling. I don't know. There's like a feeling about it, you know? Agreed. A hundred percent. I mean, Disney's been around a while now, right? Like, I think like it's. It's amazing, right? The generation to generation. You asked me earlier about favorite characters. I have to say I'm a big fan of Frozen. I loved Frozen 2. I loved Frozen. That was the one movie my kid got into for like two weeks and we watched it and I cried. Like, and mainly because I just, I loved, you know, the movie and the story and I, I liked how serious it got at times. Are you excited? They just announced Frozen 3. I did not know that. Coming soon. Really? Yeah, like. Couple days ago, yeah. I didn't know that. It's, oh, I, I know. Well, Very exciting. I, I just, you know, you never know when when they do a sequel with any franchise how it's going to go. And I thought Frozen Two was awesome, and I loved the music, and um, that's exciting. <laughs> Allie, most important question: Who would you most want to go to a Disney park with? Glinda, Patty from Kimberly Akimbo, or Lenora from Crybaby? Oh God, we can't take Lenora anywhere. So <laughs> let's not go with Lenora. That does not sound like a good time. Linda or Patty? I think Patty could use some joy. Let's bring I Patty. I think Patty needs it the most. Let's be honest. Got it. Yeah. And also, if you were to get a job at the parks, what would you want to be doing? I don't know. I never worked at the parks. I worked. I did work for Disney once. I did a reading of a um, a musical, so we got to rehearse there, but for like a week. But God, a job? I don't really know. That's a hard question. I have to think. I mean. I mean, maybe, like, like maybe I want to, like, perform on one of the stages, right? Seeing some of my favorite Disney tunes, like, I mean, I, I couldn't, I, I mean, look, I, I love Judy Kuhn's voice so much, and, and I'm, that would be problematic for me to sing Pocahontas, you know, but I, I, I do love that music, and I love her voice, and God, just, I would sing Ariel. Look, if I could just you could sing perform. Part of Your World somewhere in Disneyland, I would, I'd be good. I'd be good. How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. 
You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. This episode is brought to you by CarMax. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because CarMax believes you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car they sell has CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Start shopping now at CarMax.com. It's time for Fast Pass Answers. <laughs> Okay, Ali, it's time for Fast Pass Answers. I'm going to put 30 seconds on the clock after I ask you the first question for you to answer as many questions as possible. Are you going are you to put the clock, are you going to click the clock where I can see it or no? No. You don't have to. Okay, 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 we're doing it. Yeah, I know. Okay. But I don't want you to think about the time. I want you to think about the, the joy of Disney. Joy okay, ready? Disney. Okay. Ali, name any ride in Fantasyland. Fantasyland? Oh, that's like the kid area, like, like Peter Pan. Yeah. Favorite Disney princess? Ariel? Name a song from Hello, Dolly. Before the parade passes by. <laughs> Favorite snack in the parks? Pickle. Giant. <laughs> Name a character from Cinderella. Cinderella, stepsisters, you know. Name a song from The Little Mermaid. Uh, uh, part of your world. <laughs> Name a character who appears in Fantasmic. Uh, Mickey. <laughs> Time. I let you go over, but that was very exciting. <laughs> I like your answer. Pickle, comma, giant. This <laughs> is <laughs> so big. I actually have a pi- I actually have a picture of me eating the pickle, but I refrain from sending it to you because it just like looks weird. It might be a little. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I I talk about this a lot. I love when people's favorite snacks in the parks are like things you can get elsewhere. Like people are like I love the popcorn, or I love the turkey leg, or I love the pickle. I was like, what about the Mickey Mouse ice cream sandwich? No, the like, pickle. But you know, it was lost on me that I could go get a giant pickle at like the the deli at the grocery store. You know, I, thought, I know. For me, it was like oh, I go to Disneyland, I get a pickle. Allie, you have shared so many cool ties to Disneyland and Anaheim, one of which uh, is that your grandparents owned the Hacienda Motel just a half mile south of Disneyland, which I believe Walt Disney personally instructed guests to go to if the Disneyland Hotel was fully booked. Speaking of the Disneyland Hotel, which opened just three months after Disneyland opened its gates, how many rooms were available when the hotel first opened? I have no idea. I'm going to say 50. It is actually 104. Okay. When the hotel first opened, I truly believe that the 105th family who tried to check in went to the Hacienda. They had to have. <laughs> is that a true story? No. <laughs> I just. <laughs> I was like, what? I mean, it could be. I was like, why, why the Hacienda Motel? <laughs> yeah. I mean, they have Walt a great Disney's pool, like, but. Yeah, they were like, they're like, you know, that that blonde woman in the postcard looks so great. You definitely want to. <laughs> And they have a, they're going to have a daughter one day who's going to sing Part of Your World I so know. beautifully. You should definitely say that. Uh, yeah, 104. I mean, clearly now there's three hotels on property and many more rooms, but 104 when it first opened. Yeah.
Allie, I clearly remember seeing you on Broadway and Crybaby, where you not only originated the role of Lenora, but also amazingly brought to life the song Screwloof by Adam Schlesinger and David Jabberbaum. I loved your performance, but I couldn't help but think there were so many coded references to Disney and Disneyland in the lyrics. So in this game, Screwloose for Disney, I'm going to read you one of the lyrics and a corresponding trivia question. Are you ready? Sure. Okay. So number one for Screwloose for Disney, or maybe they think I'm not playing with a full deck is of course a reference to Alice in Wonderland attraction that appears at how many Disney parks worldwide? How many Disney parks worldwide? I don't know. Uh, there's two. Have the Alice in Wonderland attraction. Oh, that I do not know. I don't. E- I couldn't even tell you if Disney World has it. Like, can you tell me how many parks there are in the world? I don't there know. is. So there's Anaheim yeah. and Orlando, and then Tokyo mm-hmm. and Paris mm-hmm. and Shanghai and Hong Kong. Is there just one? Is there just one that is X? Yeah. You are right. Yeah. It is just one. It's only in Disneyland. Yeah, that makes it that makes sense to me. I don't know why you would transfer that to any newer, newer stuff. I also love that the, the attraction is actually called Alice in Wonderland, not like Peter Pan's Flight or Mr. Toad's Wild Ride or Pinocchio's Daring Journey. It's like, this is Alice in Wonderland. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you're one for one. Great. Well done. Here comes number two for Screwless for Disney. Bonkers, that's what they're calling me was definitely a reference to Bonkers, the Disney Channel show in the early 90s featuring a bobcat who went from show business to police work. Bonkers was voiced by Jim Cummings, who was the voice of Hondo Onaka in which Disney Parks attraction? I have no idea. Hondo? Rephrase that back question again. So the voice of Hondo Onaka, who is a big part of a ride at Disneyland, was voiced by Jim Cummings, who also voiced Bonkers. But what's the name of the ride? It's a current ride. It's current. That's his. Very that's new. his name, or that's the name of the character. That's the character's oh, name. Is it Hondo Star Wars? Onaka. It, it's Smuggler's Run. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I actually haven't been to the park since Star Wars opened. I actually think now we're gearing up to taking my kid, especially because Star, Star Wars is there, and I think it's going to be a great fit. Good. 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 Okay. Number three. But they can't hear the voice in my brain reminds me of the Pixar film Inside Out. Where can you find the attraction Inside Out Emotional Whirlwind? Oh, gosh. Yeah, I don't know. Is it in Florida? Do they have one in Florida? No. It's it's actually Pixar Pier in Disney California Adventure Park. Oh, I haven't seen it. But it's new. It's like tucked away. It's like back in the corner, but that's where that is. Oh, wow. Cool. Okay. Number four for Screwless for Disney. When Lenora sings about the toys in the Belfry, she's clearly thinking of Toy Story's Midway Mania. How many different mini games do guests play throughout the ride after, of course, the one practice round? Have you been on Midway Mania? Yeah, that's been there a bit, right? Right? It's been there a bit, yeah. I don't know. Is there six? You are so close. It's five. Oh, it felt like nice. it felt like not too long, not too short. Somewhere I there. know. You're probably, you're probably just thinking of the practice round. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, That's what that was. <laughs> yeah. Good, good. Okay, number five. And when she sings about bats in the attic, she's referencing the only mountain in Disneyland to feature bats in the attraction. Which mountain is it? Oh. Uh, at Disneyland, you said? Yeah. Uh, are there bats in... Um, in uh, why am I blinking on the ride? We've already talked about it. Um, we did talk about it. You're right. I don't. I feel like I'm going to get this one wrong. But uh, Thunder, what's why am I blanking on the title of the thing? Thunder Ranch. What ranch? 
you are right. It's Big Thunder Mountain. Mountain. Big Thunder Mountain. 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 Yes, you did it. That's that's right. Okay. Please keep your hands and arms inside the train. What do they say? And because this is the wildest ride in the wilderness. The wilderness has got to say universe. Wildest ride in the wilderness. They say and don't and hold on to them hats and glasses. Because this is the wildest ride in the wilderness. Yeah. Go ahead. Okay, number six. But I just don't see the harm in carving your name in my arm was her acknowledging a tree near Snow White's grotto with the carved initials of which two characters from a Disney movie? Oh, I don't know that. I don't know if you've seen it. This this I learned only a few years ago. Near Snow White's grotto is a tree and there's initials carved into one of the trees. Is it from, um, what's the one with Mandy Moore? It's not from Tangle. Oh, because like, I feel like there's there's plenty of trees in that movie. I didn't even see Tangle. I'm going to give you a hint. Yeah. I'm going to give you a hint. This tree is right next to your favorite Fantasyland attraction. Oh, Peter Pan. Oh. Oh, is it Wendy and Peter? It is Wendy oh, and Peter. Oh, I love that. That's exactly right. Cool. Has, how long has that been there? I don't know. A cast member told me that maybe in like 2017, 2018, and I was like, this is so cool. Yeah, that is cool. Okay, only a few more for Screwloose for Disney. You're killing it. Great. Okay, number seven. Darling, it's so hard to be 16, which Aurora would say, tell me about it. <laughs> How many Disney parks castles are Sleeping Beauties? Oh, gosh. I don't know. I wouldn't know that. Um, I just assumed they all were. Well, that's, I mean, to grow up at Disneyland, that's, that's Are they correct. not all Aurora's castles? They're not. Okay. So Disneyland, specifically Sleeping Beauty Castle, yes. and also Disneyland Paris. Because I would say like, I would assume they would all are, but I could actually say like, you know, to update everything for modern audiences. Yeah, I could see why they wouldn't make it Aurora's, but I wouldn't know which, I wouldn't be able to tell you what it would be. What are so they? Florida, and, Florida and Tokyo are Cinderella. Oh, cool. Duh. And then where Hong Kong used to be Sleeping Beauty, they updated it to be the Castle of Magical Dreams. Uh-huh. And then Shanghai is... I'm going to blank. Something like Enchanted Storybook. Okay. But only two are Sleeping Beauties. All right. But definitely, definitely gotta, the original. I got to tell you, like going through the castle at Disneyland, the Sleeping Beauty, like it was like not on my, like, I, I, yeah, I didn't need, feel the need to go back, you know? I know. I know. <laughs> I hear you. I just, every time I'm there, I'm like, I'm in the castle. I'm in the castle. I know. Can it's I tell you a story? My, my roommate in college grew up, you know, and she's from New York. And so like, she had only been to Disney World. So she, when she visited me out in California on some break one time, I took her to Disneyland. She looked at the castle and she went, no. that's it? Uh. And I said, this is the original. This is the original. Now, when I did go to Disney World eventually in my adult life, I was like, oh, like I get it. I was like, I still prefer, like, I actually personally feel like the details at Disneyland um, are better than like um, the Magic Kingdom um, because that's what that equivalency is, right? I know things are different, yeah. but I actually feel like the details at Disneyland are, are better. But I know the castle's smaller, but it's... What are you going to do? It's the original. It's perfect. Yes. <laughs> I always say Disneyland is theater. Disney World is film. There you go. It's original. It's artistic. It's quaint. Yeah. Um, though I will say the Disneyland Paris castle is stunning. It's really beautiful. And it's all like the topiaries and it's nice. Okay. Only a few more. Okay. But I know it's worth the cost, which all of us listening would of course say the same about a day at Disney. How much did it cost to go to Disneyland during its opening summer? You mentioned this earlier in the interview. Well, I mean, my, my dad's memory, he kind of threw it out there. He said a buck fifty. I don't know if that's accurate or not. Was it even a buck fifty? It's close. Is it a buck? Buck twenty-five? It was a buck. It was one dollar, Bob. Okay. One dollar. Yeah, it was weird, right? Like you paid a dollar to get in, but then right, did you have to pay for the, the e-ticket? Ticket yeah. 
you had, you had to pay a little bit for the ticket books. And like yep. some of the more fancier or like bigger rides were more money, right? Yeah, the e-ticket, e-ticket rides. rides. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which again, like Disney Imagineers will still use that expression, like it's a new e-ticket ride. And I hope that younger fans would be like, what does that mean? It means like that was like the really cool extreme yeah. rides. Oh, because that's what, and that's what my dad would say about in the hotel rooms. They were looking for those e-tickets. Yeah, look for those e-tickets. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, two more for Screwless for Disney. Lenora sings, I've made up my mind, which I've lost. And which Disneyland attraction sings, we're merrily on our way to nowhere at all? Oh, God, I don't know. We're merrily to nowhere at all. That's not, that's not like in Splash Mountain, is it? It's not Splash Mountain. Merrily into nowhere. Merrily into nowhere. That's a, that's a current ride? It's still running, yeah. It's still running. Oh, man. I might need a clue. It's in Fantasyland. It's in Fantasyland. Oh, we're merely into nowhere at all? I don't know if I know. I don't know. This is the one ride where you end up in hell. Oh, I almost said uh, Mr. Toads. I almost said that, but yeah, I don't right. I don't remember no. that part. I don't remember yeah. them saying that. Do you know what my mom I think there's you know what my mom did one time when we were waiting in line for Mr. Toad? She got friends with this guy next to us who like had a cigarette. Say they thought it was hilarious to put a cigarette in a Mr. Toad statue. So Mr. Toad oh, was yeah. just sitting there with like a cigarette <laughs> out of his mouth as everybody was like walking around. <laughs> That's the thing, like we've been to Disneyland so many times, like we'd even we get into start to get into trouble and do stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. Okay. Okay, last one. A panel of doctors try to lock me away. Maybe it was doctors trying to lock away some pirates. We're not totally sure. But in Disneyland's version of Pirates of the Caribbean, your boat goes past some jail cells where some pirates have also been locked away. And they're all trying to get the attention of a dog. Just how many living pirates, not skeletons, are in this scene? Oh, gosh. And I, for the research, I watched the video last night. I thought it was, a, I thought it was this number. And then I was like, oh, there's actually, it's not this one. I was going to say two. But is there like three? It's more than three. Oh, I, I, because uh, there are there people like in the back of the jail cell. How? That's the thing. How many so, people are like through the gate, through the bars though? Two. So, so in the like the visual, there's three. Okay. But then like there's another cell cell right next to them, right. and there's three more. So there's six total. Oh, I was. Th- I think All I knew that. I think I knew that there were. I know there's more than two cells. I was thinking of the one cell, but I still would have been wrong because I would have said two right there. Right. Oh my Six. gosh! My favorite part of that ride is when you go under that guy off the bridge, and his foot is so dirty. The foot. I always like yep. look at that foot; it's so gross. The foot is good. Anyway, Allie, thank you for playing yeah. Screwless for Disney. You did wonderfully well. Thank you for your time. Thank you. <laughs> it's time for some tough choices. Let's play Tweedledee or Tweedledum. Allie, it's time for Tweedledee or Tweedledum. I'm going to give you two options. You tell me which one you prefer. Okay. First one for Tweedledee or Tweedledum, It's a Small World or the Enchanted Tiki Room. I have to, I have to say which one I prefer. Which one you prefer? Small, yeah. small World. Okay. And you do you like Small World? Uh, I do. It's nostalgic. I actually like a lot of the old stuff. It's so, um, you see through all the cracks on that ride. You look right up and you're like, I'm just in a big room. <laughs> I'm in a big room with dolls. Right. <laughs> Okay, Tweedledee or Tweedledum, I think I know the answer. Epcot or California Adventure? Oh, gosh, yeah. I don't – yeah, I mean, I, I, just, I have to say California Adventure. I just know it better. I have been Epcot, but yeah. it was a quick quick turnaround. 
Yeah, I'm with you. And California Adventure continues to get better. When if I, well, I went when it first I opened, I had to say, and there was... I got when I got married two days after we um, we got married in California, and we went to Disneyland, um, and it was the first time they done all the cars stuff. That cars ride, oh, yeah, yeah, that yeah. was awesome. So that cool. cars ride was awesome over there. I love it. Okay, Tweedledee or Tweedledum, rope drop or after midnight on Main Street. I don't know if I know these references. So rope drop is getting there like first thing in the morning when they first let the guest in. Oh. And then, or it's like when the park shuts down at midnight, but Main Street stays open an hour later. Do you prefer that early morning or that late night? Oh, I don't think I've ever done the late night on Main Street. I didn't to. know if I knew that was a thing. I yeah. thought when Main the Street park, always stays open. I thought when the park closes, the park closes. Mm-mm. So how? So like if so if you're like in like if the park closes at midnight, yeah. and you're in line at eleven fifty nine. Even if the line is 30 minutes, you still get to go, but they'll stop the lines at midnight. But Main Street stores will stay open till 1 a.m. Oh. You know, maybe I knew that, but I, I, I never took advantage of it. I just was like, all right, it's time to go home. I guess I would, I, I mean, I guess I kind of did that. I have slowly made my way out and made like last yeah. minute purchases of, yeah. of things. Um, I mean, back when I had like a pass, I wouldn't worry about getting it for a rope drop. I just, That's right. you know, yeah. but like nowadays, if I'm going to spend the whole day there, I'm going to get there, like get the butt crack of dawn and just Good. go. Okay. Tweedledee or Tweedledum, Space Mountain or Big Thunder Mountain Railroad? Ooh. Um, I don't know. I saw Space Mountain. P.S. I'm going to open my okay. snacks right now. My sister. Re- oh, we've got some cherry sour balls yeah, si- that has Mickey on My there. sister recently went to Disneyland with her choir. She's a choir teacher and she sent me like a snack pack. She brought me like some Alice in Wonderland teas. And I haven't had these in so long, but these were also a staple as like a, a, a treat at Disneyland. Cherry sour balls. How is it? They're good? Awesome. Good. We love <laughs> it. Okay. And final Tweedledee or Tweedledum for our Broadway fans Screw Loose or Popular? Screwless. Great. Well, you originated that one. I know. I, I, but I have a fun popular. It. That's a hard question, but yeah. Now let's hear from some of you. Uh-huh. Allie put on social media. Here are some Disney questions from your fans. The first one, Alana asks, what do you like to do for a quiet moment at the parks? Um, what do I like to do for a quiet moment at the parks? I don't know. I mean, I honestly, I'm fine just sitting under a tree. I like to people yeah. watch, you know, like I've been there so many times. I'm not always rushing around and I'll sit under a shady tree and just like people watch, you know? Yeah. Eat a snack. Eat a snack. Eat a snack. Get that pickle. Get that pickle and just, just people sit watch. under a tree. Yeah. Yep. Okay. This handle is sugar underscore cookies underscore by underscore Sarah. Mm-hmm. Which, if you would like to send us cookies, Sarah, please do. Sarah asks. <laughs> send it to the Booth Theater with Kimberly Kimball yeah. I will happily accept. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we love cookies. Okay. Um, they ask, what's your favorite Disney song to sing? Oh, I do like singing Part of Your World. Yeah. I went in for Ariel on, on Broadway. And I was like, I just want to get this show so I can just sing that song. That's it. <laughs> yeah. um, but in concerts now, I sing it sometimes. It's great. And people love that song. It's great. Zara wonders, if you could play any Disney character, who would you play? Is it Ariel? Yeah, I'd play play Ariel. Do you know when I was in junior high, we did a Disney show, and I really wanted to play um, Salagadoola, Michigaboola, Bibbidi, Bobbidi, Boo. 
I don't know. I liked that character. <laughs> Who is that? What's her name? The, the, the fairy godmother? Yeah, but like that, I like that little song. Put it together and what have you got? I'll sing that to my son sometimes and he thinks I'm crazy. Bethany asks, how has Disney inspired or influenced your love for musical theater? Oh, man. Well, you know, I think like when those girls came out and that Disney sound came out with those princesses with like Jody, like Little Mermaid and um, Belle and um, Leah Salonga, uh, that was like a sound I think that like fit that crossover to Broadway, I think fits so well. So I think like that gave me something to sing along to, I think. Um, and being female, maybe like a girl of a certain age. And, you know, I think, I don't know. I feel like in some ways I found like my voice just singing along to those songs. For sure. Thomas G would like to know your favorite attractions and characters. Yeah. I love Peter Pan a whole lot. That's my favorite, but I have a fondness for like Pirates of the Caribbean. In Kimberly Akimbo, I skate in a circle with a guy who plays my husband, Stephen Boyer. And I said, this reminds me of, um, in Pirates of the Caribbean, when the when the guy and the gal are going around, which I know now, like he's chasing food, but it used to be the girls. So sometimes I'm like, we're pretending yeah, yeah, yeah. we're on the Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> I know exactly that reference. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Um, okay, and this one's not a Disney question, but we really like Michael at Broadway.media, who wrote in, "When forming your Glinda, how did you root your comedy in reality?" And he added that he's a huge fan of yours. Oh my gosh, thank you. I don't know. I mean, that's the whole. That's how you. That's how I have to do my comedy. I don't really feel like there's another choice. Like the deeper I get into the reality and the more honest I can play it. And I can honestly say like, I'm always not honest playing it, but, um, but I find it, it's just funnier, you know, the, like, so it's a, it's a, it's um, a practice of being like, just get honest when you start pushing. It's not funny anymore. Don't want them like, don't sweat too much. You know, it's just a daily practice. Because the ego gets involved and you're like, oh, I love those laughs, <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> feels good. <laughs> Ali, if you could describe the feelings you get when you look down Main Street and see that castle, what would you say those feelings are? Oh, um, well, because I want to say like magical, but I don't think that's a feeling. But like for me, there's like a, um, there's got to be a more magical word than like satisfaction. Like it just feels like I'm coming home. It feels like a, like home. I feel very like centered. I feel joy. Um, and, you know, when you walk in like that, I feel an incredible amount of excitement on what the day is going to be. Um, yeah, those, those, those feelings. And I don't know, there's like tears when I walk down Main Street because it's so dang magical. It's like this other world exists. Um, and it's like this well of, um, like I'm like so grateful to be there. I'm just like, gosh. <laughs> You know? It's a good answer. It's a really good answer <laughs> with you. And Allie, what's the first thing you're going to do the next time you go to a Disney park? I think I'm going to have to go check out Star Wars. Like my kid's of age now and he's kind of taken an interest in it. So I think I just have to mentally prepare for what the parks are now with all the things and the 
the people, there's so many people now and it's not what it once was. So I just have to like get prepared. But that's why I didn't want to take my kid too young. I didn't want to deal with all of that and have like a little kid who could care less that, you know. Um, and it's possible that this will be the trip where they realize, oh my God, I love Disney. It could happen. It could happen. I know. What's the big, because I'm not, I'm not um, into Star Wars like my husband and my kid are, but like, what's the big ship at Disneyland, the spaceship? Well, there's the Millennium Falcon. Yeah. So like in Galaxy's Edge and like there's two rides in Disneyland. There's Rise of the Resistance, which is this huge, like 20 minute experience. Okay. And then Smuggler's Run, which is kind of Star Tours-esque, okay. but it's also a little more interactive. and Yeah. Yeah. Millennium, we want to go on the Millennium Falcon. We've already talked about it. Yeah, so that's so like Smuggler's Run. That's what we have to do. And in the queue, you'll hear the voice of Bonkers, Jim Cummings. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> who's who's also the voice of Winnie the Pooh and saying Scar and he's a puck Oh, out. okay, okay, yeah, of course I know that voice. Exactly. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Well, Allie, thank you for joining me on E-Ticket to Broadway for sharing your love of Fantasmic and Peter Pan's Flight, The Little Mermaid, Giant Pickles and Clam Chowder Bread Bowls, Pirates of the Caribbean, Space Mountain, Trying Caviar, Club 33, and Frozen. This has been delightful to chat with a fellow Disneyland enthusiast. Likewise. Likewise. I like, I want, like, I don't think I slept well last night because I was so excited. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Well, thank you for listening and we'll see you at the parks. Bye. We should call this E-Ticket to the Donald Show. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network.